Welcome to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. We are delighted that you are here because this is for you. We do this to help you find and live your purpose, the good purpose that's uniquely yours. Because when you find it, everything starts to just fall into place. You're happier, you're more peaceful, you have better relationships with good people. It is remarkable what happens when you are living in the sweet middle of your purpose, the purpose that you've been perfectly matched to live. The great news is you're in the right place to find it. So let's get started. I am so excited today, Jenny, about continuing with this series that we've been doing about the clues to finding your purpose. Because today, I think we need to talk about our gifts, the things that we know how to do that we just know how to do. We didn't go to school to learn it. I mean, we may have gone to school and honed it, but it was there. You know, those things that are just naturally in us that um, that that we just somehow know how to do. So I know that I have a sense of what your gifts are. It, there, are the, there are things that I'm kind of in awe about <laughs> that you have because I don't have them. And, uh, and so if, do you mind giving us an, an example uh, from your own life about how God has gifted you? Well, um, before I start, Rhonda, I think what you said is just is super important. God really has given everyone some things, you know, a thing or some things, plural, that they are gifted to be able to do. So I look at the plethora, I mean, thousands of people that I have known over the years, every single one of those people has something special. So if there's somebody listening today that feels like they have zip, zilch, nothing, I'm here to tell you that you do. I want you to begin to to shift a little bit in if God is creative and an intelligent designer and he puts people on the earth for X amount of years, he gives us gifts and he wants us to use them. So again, we've talked so many times about how we compare with other people or we diminish what we're good at. So today I want to stay up in that place of if we have uh, gifts that we know about, we want to be using them. We don't want to be, you know, shelving them and putting them away and not using them and putting them and saying, Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I understand there are seasons and job changes and all of that. But I think we need to recognize that God has given all of us gifts to use, whether it's helping them draw out those gifts or inspiring them to use them, believing they have them is huge. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Jenny. In fact, um, the Rhonda paraphrased version of 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from a great variety of gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So I, I love that you said that. Yeah, we all have them. I just was assuming that everybody knows that, but you're right. Everybody doesn't know that. I didn't, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, before before I heard about 
spiritual gifts uh, the first time, I would have said I didn't have any gifts of any kind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm glad you said that. So um, nice redirect though. Let's. I'm coming right back to your gifts, Jenna. So. Wow. What's interesting is, I mean, we could get into all of that, Rhonda, you know, spiritual gifts assessments and, you know, people can answer questionnaires and, and do different surveys and things to find out what their gifts are. And those are all well and good. And I think there's some validity to them. But I think that our gifts are so in us that we, when we really begin to think about what they are, we find them and, and we want to be using them. So I remember when I was young, I used to th say things like, I want to work with people. You know, I would do different jobs and different things. And I would say, I want to work with people. Well, that's a really broad stroke because, it, you know, very few people are all by themselves all the time and never working with people. You know, in some aspect of it, you're working with people. And I, I just think of when I was, you know, 19 or 20 going, what, Jenny, what do you want to do? I want to work with people. And I guess I always knew that I wanted to be around other people. I, I enjoy teams. I like working with people, th those kinds of things. But when I was a little kid, as I thought back about my gifts, I was very relational. Even though I was a little bit shy as a kid, I'm not so much anymore, but I was as a child. I remember being even at eight and nine years old, very relational. I really wanted to to have relationships. And I remember even as a little girl, being able to converse for a long period of time, even with adults and, and with different people. And so it's so weird for me to kind of giggle and look back at the, at the, the handprint of my life and say, from the very beginning, God had wired me to work with people. And then as I, you know, grew into my twenties and thirties and whatever, I, and all my life, my mom used to say to me, Jenny, you should be a teacher. And I would say, no, 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 you know, and I played school all the time. I always wanted to do that. Long story short, I ended up finding my place to being a teacher. And so then I was really living out that real thing of working with people. I mean, it just, it, I mean, having people around, kids around, other staff members around in a school setting. And so really, I've landed smack dab in the middle of, of, you know, what one of my gifts is. So you can have something like working with people that feels real broad. But somehow, when you ask God and you follow his leading, he will put you with the people that you're supposed to work with. Somebody might say, well, I work with people too. But what's so beautiful is the canvas is always different for everybody. You know, there's different people who are in customer service or they're nurses or whatever, and they're working with people and that's their gift. So I think that we can categorize everything, but sometimes our gifts can sort of be broad and I don't, people don't have to get pigeonholed to this one little thing, you know, I mean, one little thing about my gift and that's the only thing I can do. So in my case, I'm describing kind of sort of this long journey of knowing how much I enjoy people. I'm intrigued by people, by their personalities, by by what drives them, and all of that factors in to one of the gifts that I that I know that God has given me, and I'm grateful for it. And I think that's what's important too, to be super grateful for those gifts you've been given and go out and use them. 
Right. Use them and make and make a difference in someone's life with those things. Oh, absolutely. Right. I love that you talked about not getting pigeonholed because I think I think we have a tendency to think of, you know, whatever it is as being um, like there's one application to it. So like, for example, in my case, um, my very first job was in an insurance office. I couldn't spell insurance. I didn't know what it was, whatever. But um, this was the first guy who hired me. And it launched a 40-year career in insurance. So fast forward, I remember specifically saying to my employees when I had my own um, insurance organization, um, gosh, you know, don't do anything wrong. Don't ever do anything wrong because I could never do anything else. I, I, I would say I would not be able to get a job bagging groceries because, you know, I would smash the bread and whatever. Like, don't screw up and get me uh, being the owner of the insurance agency. Not it wasn't just I could lose my job. It was I could lose my license, which was my livelihood. I could go to jail. Uh, so somebody could do something else. Somebody else could do something wrong. And I'm legally responsible for it. Right. So so I was 100% pigeonholed. <laughs> I thought, this is the only thing I've ever done. This is the only thing I can do. This is the only thing I know how to do. And nothing else was uh, even, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have even considered anything else. And then, you know, the story that I sold my business and I wound up writing my first book and now my 15th book is about to come out. So turns out I actually do have some gifts that are, here's my point, transferable. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably true with everybody. Whatever it is that, that you've been gifted to do, don't make the mistake of thinking that it's only this one place that you can do it in, or this one industry, or this one teeny little, I like what you said, pigeonhole, because our gifts are highly valuable in a lot of different workplaces. Our gifts are highly transferable. And if we're open to the idea that we can do, that we can flow in our giftings any place that we get put, any place that we find ourselves, then we're far more likely to, to find our purpose because our purpose may look very different from what we think it is or from what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. So I want to give everybody just some questions that can help to sort of tease out what the gifts are. The first thing is your gift will always, always help other people. So I, I want everybody to, I want you to ask yourself, what do your friends come to you for? Or coworkers, what do your coworkers come to you for? What is it that people come to you and say, oh, I really need help with this. You're so good at this. Or maybe they don't come, a lot of people don't come right out and say that, but they know to come to you for whatever this is that they're struggling with that chances are you just you know it or 
somebody could call you at two o'clock in the morning out of a dead sleep and say, what do I do? I don't know what to do about this. And you, you can, you just flow right into your gift. Uh, what are you known for on the job? What are you known for on the job? What could you do as a child that adults commented about? What can you do while thinking of something else? Like it's so effortless for you. I'll give you a silly example. I remember uh, going to pick my daughter up. She was playing uh, with another little girl and I walked in as the mom was making dinner. And so she's talking to me and she's making cornbread. She was making cornbread and, and whatever else she was making for dinner. And I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm watching her and she's talking and she's just pouring ingredients into the bowl. Whip, 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 whip. And the next thing you know, in the in a matter of, you know, our, our, our whatever it was, 20 or 30 minutes that we stood there and talked, out came this cornbread. It looked amazing, Jenny. And I'm thinking, she didn't measure anything. She was talking to me. She could have been putting sugar instead of flour for all I know, you know, but it came out and it was unbelievable. And I remember thinking I could no more do that than I could just get up and fly to the ever loving moon, Jenny. I mean, the idea, like I have to have the recipe. I've got the little measuring thing. I'm going to put exactly what it says, you know. Okay. What can you do? While you're do, you can talk, you can do something else, you can think of something else, but because you just do this so well and so naturally. And then what what can you do that feels natural to you? So you and I have talked about how one of your roles as a Christian school administrator was uh, dealing with disciplinary issues mm-hmm. and how you just you know, you just call the student in and you do what you're going to do. And somehow you know how to do that. I don't even know what you would do. And then, you know, you have these conversations with the parents. And I and the whole time, anytime you've ever said anything to me about these, you know, the not the specifics of conversations, but the ability to do it, I always think, oh my goodness, if I had to do that, I would be in the ladies room throwing up. I I would not be able to, I wouldn't know what to say to the kid. The kids would run, teenagers would run over me and then they would put it in reverse and run over me backwards. (laughs) I would just be dead on the floor. So I don't even know how you do that. And you just are like, yeah, yeah, I have to have a conversation with the kid. Yeah, no big deal. You know, and I just think, wow, just wow. I, I had a friend who could sit down at the piano and start playing. I'm not talking about any piece of music in front of her. She could sit down at the piano, start playing and be like, so where do you want to go for dinner? What do you think? And the whole time she's playing an amazing song, not her fingers are like, to me, they have a life of their own. They have a mind of their own. They're, the fingers are, are, you know, making beautiful music while she's speaking to me. I don't know on how on earth that could happen if it isn't a gift from God, right? So these gifts that we have, 
they're they're in there and they're natural. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people live their whole life, Jenny, and they never actually find the gift. And it's so sad to me. I mean, I've known people who passed away thinking they had no natural gifts and they're in there. You know, it's like an Easter egg hunt. Like it can't be that hard to try to find it, you know, (laughs) you just, but you do have to try. You do have to try. And it's interesting, Rhonda, because you said they're in there, you know? So when we look at those things, I mean, oftentimes our gifts run parallel with our life experiences. I mean, sometimes our gifts get more honed and, and get stronger as we live these life experiences. So in the case of like what you were talking about, dealing with students for years and years and parents and things like that. I mean, I thrive in that environment. I enjoy doing it, especially when there's a a wonderful outcome. Uh, Everybody's doing better. I mean, that's always the goal. But as you begin to experience your gift in action, then you're, you know, they're sort, they sort, sort of run parallel. And so you get better and better at using your gift when you're having experiences in which your gift is used. So, I mean, it's like anybody who's a, you know, a physician or a teacher or a speaker, the more you do it and your life experiences become, you know, greater in using your gift, it just, you just get better at it and better at it. And it becomes, like you said, effortless. It it just, you don't even have to think about it. Like the person playing the piano, it was just such a gift and, she was so good at it that she didn't even have to think. And that's what, that's what we, what we celebrate that God is so cool because he gives us these things and he'll lead us through prayer uh, to the experiences he wants us to have utilizing those gifts. And I also wanted to make one other comment that our gifts are also used in a personal sense in our lives. Our gifts are not only uh, reserved for our professional life. Oh yeah. Good point. You know, I mean, there's so many things when we think about our gifts, it's not arrogant. It's celebratory to think of what God has given us. Exactly. You know, I mean, I think that's huge. It's not, it's not about being prideful. Um, but it's about giving God the glory for it. That's where the humility comes. I didn't do any of this. God was the one who's done it in and through me. Mm -hmm. So, and you would agree, I know that. But I think that our gifts are also so important to our personal relationships. And we can't discount how God wants to use our gifts in the lives of people we're in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And we need to celebrate that too, because they're gonna there's gonna be disappointment with jobs. You know, like you said, I mean, you had a long, long career in insurance, and then you're ending up writing books and speaking and doing all kinds of other things that you didn't even necessarily think about doing 25 years ago. And so, but you've been obedient and God has shown you these things and then you've gone that direction. But I think there's an important component of our lives and that is how are my gifts blessing the people around me? Ooh, that's really good, Jenny. And, and, you know, you, um, you made me think in that question how are my gifts blessing the people around me? Made me think of um, a psychologist that I met when he was in his 90s who practiced 
in the 1950s. Well, he practiced for years, but but he was a young psychologist in the 1950s, and he practiced in a cancer hospital in New York. And he would meet with these patients who had been diagnosed as terminally ill. And when I met him, he explained how he really had no oversight. Psychology was still really a pretty fairly new practice at that point. He's working in a hospital with all these physicians who really didn't value, you know, the psychologist. What is this degree anyway? They, you know, they were, he was like the, um, you know, kind of the outsider of the whole thing. So with nobody really overseeing him, he would meet with these patients and he started out exactly as he had been trained to do. So what's wrong with your life? Well, that's a pretty silly question when the patient is terminally ill, right? So it's like a week or whatever. And he, and he says, you know, this is getting nowhere. I'm going to flip it and I'm going to say, what is really right about your life? What's really amazing about you? And he began to have conversations with people about what they loved doing, what their passions were. And there was something that you said about how is your gift blessing others? Because it made me think, he said that the people who embraced their passion and said, okay, well, I've got, you know, they, the doctors say I have six months to live. So, you know, I'm going to quit my job as an accountant or, you know, whatever. And I'm going to garden when he, he talked, talked about one person um, who loved being in the garden, never had a chance to be in the garden because her job really prevented it. Well, so she starts working in the garden and she starts feeling better. And her her prognosis literally changed. Well, they started actually following all of these patients and they did a study over a period of, a, I think it was about 10 years of these people who said, okay, well, I'm going to do what I really want to do. What were they doing? They were flowing in their gifts. Mm -hmm. They were following their gifts and they lived longer, Jenny. Wow. Awesome. And, the, and the name of the psychologist is Dr. Larry Lashan, and he has passed away now. But he, I remember he said, you have to give your body and your mind and your soul a reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. And conversely, though, the people who buried their gifts and left them buried didn't do so well. and. He talked about people who just one lady in particular who was had been a musical prodigy as a child. She was just amazing, multiple instruments, but but particularly her. I think her favorite was the piano and she wouldn't play the piano because her husband didn't like her to play the piano. And and here's Dr. Lashan saying if they say you have a very limited lifespan, and we all do, right? I mean, there's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. So, but, you know, when you actually have somebody say, okay, we, you know, we actually think that you're going to be on planet Earth for, you know, X amount of time. And you have this limited time. Why not spend it in your gift, right? But this lady said, no, my husband will be upset. He'll be angry. He doesn't like it when I play. And uh, so she didn't want to do it. And she just went ahead and died right on schedule wow. with her prognosis. And he told many stories like that where this one's a, a lawyer because the father was a lawyer and grandfather was a lawyer. Everybody's a lawyer. You have to be a lawyer. And if you weren't a lawyer in that family, then, you know, then you were, you know, ostracized or whatever. And, and this person didn't want to be a lawyer, you know, and was miserable. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, you know, continued instead of pursuing the life that embraced, recognized and embraced and celebrated their gifts. And in this case, uh, I think, I think I remember the story of, you know, this was somebody who wanted to work in a diner. So it goes to that wanted to be around people. Mm -hmm. Think of it. This was somebody who was working in a, uh, I can't remember, it was like probate law or whatever. I mean, it's just paperwork, it's in the office, whatever. And for the person whose gift is there, fabulous. God bless them, you know. But for the person who's sitting and doing probate law, and they would really rather be in a diner, you know, doing cooking and serving coffee and talking to people and serving breakfast to the same people, you know, every day where it's really kind of like your second family and couldn't do it because the family would just disown them. So I just want to encourage everybody, find your gift. Talk to your friends, talk to family, talk to people who know you uh, and ask them, what do you, what do you think I'm, I'm just naturally good at? And I can give a clue. Uh, it's kind of like a, it, uh, a reverse clue. I know I, the places where I've gotten frustrated in my life is when I've expected other people to have my gift. Yeah. And they don't. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of business related kind of thing, but you know, where I'll be like, okay, well, all you have to do is really, you know, you, you set up this corporation then you set up your accounts and make sure that your articles and bylaws say this and this, and, you know, and I'm going down the line. And in the meantime, I've, I've left this person like a hit and run in the middle of the road. They don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Now they're completely overwhelmed and frustrated and I'm like, what, what do you, you know, come on, get with the program. It's frustrating when you think that everybody knows what you're talking about and they know exactly how to do what you know how to do and all that kind of thing. We, we automatically assume because it comes so naturally to us that everybody can do it. Okay. And, and everybody can't do it. So think of, think of you know, the things that you can do very naturally and think of the things that frustrate you 
that you want somebody else to understand or you want them to be able to do it and they just don't and you don't know why they just don't cooperate and <laughs> try to figure out, you know, that might be a, a flashing neon light clue to you have a gift in this area and not everybody has that gift. That's right. And I, I would like to say in closing, Rhonda, that I think with every gift, there's a passion with it. Mm. That, that that sometimes those things are melded together because if we have a a passion for numbers then when i'm when i'm if i'm good at numbers and i feel like it's my gift and then i'm working with them those things sort of marry one another you know mm -hmm. so in my case mine happened i mean not everybody that likes to work with people is in a school setting you know so i love working with people and i love educating and teaching those kinds of things. And so all of that melded together to be that thing. And I'm very passionate about that. So I think if people really thought about their gifts, their gifts relate directly to something that they're passionate about. Mm. Because that's what God does because he weaves it all together for his own purpose. Yes. Us to serve the world and, and make people's lives better, like we always say. So I think oftentimes if it's hard to think of exactly what your gifts are, what are you passionate about? And then look back and say, okay, when have I ever been in that place of passion where I was just in my groove? And I think you'll find that those things meld together. Mm, that's really good. So get your gift on, get your groove on. And if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you have comments, uh, the link is in the description. We'd love to hear from you. And join us again next week. We're going to be talking about another clue. I always say, you know, every clue is the most important clue, but really the next one is, is really profound. So don't miss it. And go back and listen to any that you've missed because we, we really are, we're trying to hit every single base here to lead you straight into the fulfillment of the really beautiful purpose for your life. So we'll see you then. Did you know that you can change the world with love? It's possible. And to give you ideas for how you can change your life and your world with love, I wrote a book called Love is Action, How to Change the World with Love. I want you to get your copy today and start showing love in the unique way in which you have been equipped. I promise you it will change your life. It will change your relationships. It'll change the people around you. and ultimately. It'll change your circumstances in ways that you may not be able to imagine now. Get your copy today at Rhonda.org. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Well, maybe you should. After all, you are the world's foremost expert on your life and your experiences and your perspective. You've learned some things along the way that can help others. And a lot of times, writing your story and what you know for sure is a healing process. If you're ready to do that, I'd love to help you. I've written many books, some of them in as little as three days. So this process doesn't have to take you months or even years. If you're interested and if you're ready, go to my website. Look at the events page and sign up for one of my writing retreats. We'll take three days and we'll get this done. Go to Rhonda, 
rhonda.org. It's R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us at the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. Listen, we do this for you. It's all about helping you live the purpose that you were born to live. Because when you do that, you get the peace and joy and good relationships that you strive to have. This is real success. So we hope that you'll share this with a friend, subscribe, and come back and see us next week. And we would love to hear from you. Go to findyourpurposenow.org. Thank you.